0: This is President Jason Wright, and you're listening to Rambling About Washington.
1: washington podcast we're bringing out the big guns our washington's biggest signing this year probably wasn't a player you know we didn't go a-list shopping for players this year but we brought in the big guns my guy michael silver who works for the nfl network over a over a, a decade at sports illustrated y'all he's worked everywhere
0: welcome to the show mike Thanks for having me, Rio. I don't know about the biggest free agent signing, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I probably can't. I was on the sideline during the preseason. I probably can't do a whole lot out there uh, between the end zones, though.
1: (laughs) It's all good, man. Everyone's playing their part as this team is looking (laughs) to move on and establish a new identity. But appreciate you for coming on. So you're a key content contributor for the team. What exactly does your role entail with the team?
0: Well, I think we're kind of figuring it out. You know, I've known Ron Rivera for a long, long time. You see the Cal helmet behind me. Yep, uh, we I both attended it. that glorious university. And, um, you know, when he first approached me about this, he just said, I basically want you to come in and do journalism, which, you know, th- that's music to my ears. Because obviously, that's what you, you know, do. in traditional, you know, in traditional, uh, journalistic, uh, concepts. You don't work for a team you cover. You don't work for a league you cover. Mm -hmm. The lines have obviously been blurred, uh, here in the 21st century, but my philosophy at NFL network has always been just do journalism. And, you know, if people freak out over it, we'll figure it out. But, um, that, that was Ron's idea. Just like, look, you know, I I trust you. I'm going to tell you some stuff. You, You can talk to other people and we'll just you know, you present it and we'll see how it goes. So that's kind of the, the concept. I've written a couple of columns. I'm going to be doing some writing. I've, you know, appeared on some of the shows. We've got that and new podcast with Renee Washington coming in to, to host. Um, you know, Julie Donaldson does a bunch of programming. Um, and so... I'm excited about all that. And then in the preseason, I got to be a sideline reporter, which was uh, something new for me and really, really fun. Uh, Kenny Albert and Joe Theismann, a couple of pros, and uh, just a really cool operation. So, uh, yeah, it's still to be determined, but I'll be, uh, in addition to covering the league, I'll be keeping a very close eye on the Washington football team.
1: I love it. I love it. So how was it being on the sideline? Was it a little awkward at first?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, the the... Being on the sideline was cool. It's just, uh, you know, actually doing interviews in-game, that's obviously a preseason thing more than a a regular season thing. But, um, you know, my first fear was that, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel, that I'd be sitting there mid-sentence with, like, London Fletcher and, like, a sweep would come and I'd be, you know, pummeled into oblivion. But, uh, no, I mean, really it was was a really smooth preseason. I mean, amazingly there were – no serious injuries or, or no uh, long-term injuries. And then the only injury I remember uh, on the Washington side, well, it was a concussion, which is obviously mm-hmm. serious, but uh, Torrey McTyre in the last game. But, uh, you know, other than that, uh, there there was not a lot of injury drama, which was great. And, um, you know, uh, I had a lot of fun during the interviews. Uh, one of the the more amusing moments came when uh, Sam Cosby, the rookie right tackle, <laughs> um, you know, they would uh, they would bring the players over and sometimes we couldn't get them on right away. We'd have to wait for a play or sometimes we'd have to wait for a punt or a timeout. And uh, he was waiting a while and his fellow linemen saw him up there waiting for a long time. And it's already a taboo for a rookie to get the attention. So uh, he told me as we were waiting there, they're probably going to find me. And that's not a team yeah, That's a That's a fellow offensive lineman going... Hey, Rook, cool your jet. So, um, you know, I was able to interview him. I did ask him on live TV if he thought that if he were fine, that Joe Theismann should pay it. Uh, You know, (laughs) when they came back to Joe, he was like, hey, thanks, Mike. And, uh, you know, all in good fun. But then uh, Sam did mouth to me later uh, in the game like yeah they find me and he wouldn't tell me how much but I, I told him that <laughs> I owe him beers at the very least yeah
1: you definitely owe him beers owe him a ribeye something, but, something. <laughs> so the obvious connection that brings you to Washington is Ron Rivera y'all going back to your cow days uh, if you're allowed to answer this question would you have ever considered that if Ron Rivera wasn't here
0: um, you know, probably not. Uh, you know, it. <laughs> and really it's, um, yeah, it's not just because of my relationship with Ron. It's what his presence meant and has meant and what has happened since, uh, Daniel Snyder it. made that hire. And so, you know, uh, bringing in Julie Donaldson, bringing in Jason Wright, um, the name change was a big thing for me. I mean, I can go back and show you a clip from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat in probably 1990, where I uh, railed against the name, and uh, and I stayed consistent for three decades. And you know, not because of me, but eventually the world caught up to that sensibility. And uh, you know, look, we can all have disagreements. That's something I was never going to you know feel good about. And you know, sadly, it took. you know, the George Floyd murder and, a, and an ensuing wave uh, of, you know, yeah. racial uh, enlightenment injustice. and yeah. protests against uh, injustice. And so, um, you know, the good news is it's not that's not the name anymore. And so, yeah, I, I don't think I would have done it. Um, you know, the idea of a um, team specific carve out for Metafile Network was very new. Steve Weish, my good friend and colleague, I uh that. <laughs> he paved the way and did that with the Falcons about a month or two before I obviously and Ron noticed that. And and so um, he thought, well, if he, if Steve's doing that, maybe you could do that for us. And so, yeah, because of my relationship with Ron, that was why the conversation took place in the, fir- in the first place. And uh, yeah, no, I probably would not have done it if it were not for Ron.
1: And I respect that honest answer. I only got one more cow connection question to ask and we can talk about this Washington football season. Okay, so we got Ron here. We got you here. Oh, we got to complete the, the triumvirate of cow Bears and we need to get a quarterback here next year. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Y'all got the inside track on A-Rod. What, what, what's going on with Rodgers?
0: I don't think you're talking about Jared Goff either, but uh, (laughs) I'm I'm hoping he uh, stabilizes in Detroit and is not on the market, but yeah, you know, the Aaron Rodgers thing, (laughs) um, it certainly appears as though he will be in play next year. Now, you know, a lot of things can happen in a year. And remember, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant once demanded that the Lakers trade him him. for the Clippers specifically. And they were like, Oh, hey, we hear you totally. Um, thanks for letting us know. The answer is no. no. <laughs> and several championships later, you know, and it all worked out. But um, you know, when Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, by the way, post a last dance video, you know, right before the season, that's not media speculation. That's mm-hmm. uh that's them saying it. So yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, I wrote about uh Ryan Fitzpatrick and what runs philosophy on the quarterback situation was and it would be an oversimplification to say hey let's just wait a year and try to get Aaron Rodgers although trust me they and anyone else would try to but um you know I think it it, I would say this they they felt like they could take a, a very big swing this year um but he wasn't sure they were ready building it and they didn't want to sacrifice the building process he wanted He wants to build this team front to back and obviously got a great head start with what he (laughs) inherited on those lines. But, um, you know, they think that a year from now, they'll be in a situation where now if we plug in an elite quarterback, uh, watch out. And so, um, yeah, I mean, certainly Aaron Rodgers will be priority A, B and C for them and for other teams. But. Uh, Even if they don't get him, they should be in a situation where they could make a bold move. If not for an existing player in a trade, then, um, you know, depending on how the college season pans out and who's a hot prospect, something in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think I think 2022 is the perfect timing to go all in, especially if you come off back-to-back division titles with the our quarterback, who we do have here right now, which was the perfect transition. And you were talking about your article. The first article and piece of content you've dropped since joining the team, it was a really good read of how it went. Like I, We were really close to getting Matt Stafford in the offseason, and they actually had a plan with Fitz. It wasn't like it just came out of nowhere. Um, You want to talk about that article? Because I enjoyed reading it, by the way.
0: Well, thank you. And by the way, I did write an introductory column, so it's the oh, okay. second one technically. Ooh. But, um, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's all good. Um, so, you know, they they were looking at Matthew Stafford, certainly, and they offered a, a one and a three, which, uh, you know, they thought was a pretty good offer. Now, interestingly, because the Rams got so desperate to get them, which required them to get out of the golf contract, which had value that they had translated into probably a whole other first round pick it. And because the lions actually wanted Goff because Brad Holmes had been in LA and, and is a fan of Goff, um, Anthony Lynn was a fan of Goff, the offensive coordinator. So it, it was hard ultimately to beat that. It did come suddenly, uh, from the Washington perspective, but, um, you know, so that didn't happen. Um, you know, Rogers, there was there were rumblings that he wanted out that were later you know later flared up on draft night uh, you know Russell Wilson certainly was poking his way around trying to get out um you know Deshaun Watson pre uh, lawsuits was <laughs> certainly uh trying to get out and and there was a belief that someone could make make that move um and so you know and Carson Wentz Darnold you know th- there were some lesser uh you know there were some trades for lesser value that uh, were in play. And then you had a crazy situation in that five rookies would end up going in the top 15 at quarterback. So there were a lot of permutations. They ultimately thought, okay, we didn't get Stafford. We think Fitz is the best play, you know, while keeping an eye on those other things, Mariota. You know, uh kind of keeping an eye on those other things, decided on fits. But then as the draft neared, they were like, you know what? Uh we're sitting there at 19, we could probably get down. Uh we we think fields might last, you know, into that range where we could get. And they really like Justin Fields, and and that's Ron and, and Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew, you know, they're they're fans. So they thought uh, reasonably hard, even after uh, hitching the wagon to Fitz that, well, maybe we could get Fields too. Um, It would have cost them more than they wanted to give up to get into that range. And ultimately they decided, you know what, let's stay where we are. And obviously they really wanted and Davis, uh, and that worked out in, in that way
1: for them. <laughs> so, and then the team that jumped us was also the other team that has not had a franchise quarterback in like the modern history of the world, but we're not yeah. gonna go there, in Chicago, right now. How good can this team be this year with Fitzpatrick under Helm?
0: I think they can be pretty good. You know, we've seen uh, when Fitz is good, uh, you know, it can be pretty hmm. good. I mean, that <laughs> that Jets team almost made the playoffs a few years back. Um, You know, there are times when people start getting pumped up on Fitz and then it looks not so good. And then they got, you know, there's kind of this, there's a meme with a cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick that people (laughs) make fun of. But, um, you know, talking to him, he really, you know, I said, are you, do you think you're better than you ever were? And he's like, I definitely am. And here's why. And he gave a lot of reasons. And I've seen this, you know, I've covered this league for more than three decades. And I've seen a lot of quarterbacks who are older and you think, yeah, that guy's got to be past his prime, but they just have it so figured out at that point. They're so calm back there. They're so on it and it's almost just slowed down for them. And so I I do think there's a scenario where he could be pretty good and, and you know, so they, they, they think the weapons are a lot better than what they had. And if he can get the ball out and stay healthy and and run the offense, um, you know, they could be pretty good. Now, he did say, um, I'm not falling into that trap of, hey, man, all I have to do is manage the game. The defense is going to carry this team. You can't think like that. We have to be aggressive and -hmm. and try to get points. But, you know, Chase Young is a human game wrecker, and there are many, many uh, co-pilots in that that play.
1: Absolutely. And I I just see this team, like, I, I, what we have put together right now, on and off the field, it just feels like a somewhere between 9 to 11 win team if things play out how they should. You know, the schedule's hard, but a schedule's a schedule. The parity in the NFL varies every year. You don't know what the injury situation You don't know if COVID's going to come in, knock on wood. But I think the team, is, the team is in good shape. And they're also, we're reigning in a new identity here. Do you have any preferences or thoughts in the rebrand process? I want to know what you like.
0: <laughs> i'm pretty sure in that contributor deal that naming <laughs> power did not come up um i i was asked about this on live tv or radio right uh, after i joined and my answer then was uh, first of all let's start with anything that doesn't mention skin color that would be my first choice <laughs> bingo and, uh, You know, I would say I would I would expound on that and say nothing that talks about ethnicity or um, tries to generalize a a group of tribes that collectively were maybe like not done right by the uh, people who came over from Europe when they got to this (laughs) land. I mean, it's just there's so many ways you could go that don't get into that. So, yeah, I mean, I I I, I'm not, you know, super invested in the name. I mean. (laughs) it's the washington football team now which is you know kind of funny uh but there um works. you know I, yeah anything that just doesn't get into to all that cuz i i just always thought you know uh, people got so passionate about the argument and i was one of the people very passionate trust me
1: trust me Washington football Twitter I know you know personally Washington (laughs) football Twitter is a problem that's how that's how I was going to close out the show I was going to say well we'll
0: well, we'll get to that But 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 the but the name thing to me you know people got so caught up in is it offensive is it not offensive I was always like hey look if like someone from Finland came over to visit you and they were like hey and you were like hey and we've got this like football and here we are the nation's capital and oh what's the team called and you like had to explain to them that the team was that it just like that to me was how it just seemed weird like what wait after you know it just so i i just i trust that whatever the final outcome is is gonna be way better than what it was
1: i think so too i think also the name should stay away from politics and while I love and support the military. I think they should stay away from military because it ties to politics as well. I think I think me personally, I, I, I want them to pick the canine that howls to the moon. <laughs> it doesn't have to have a color attached to it, but that's just my personal preference. But I'm with whatever it is because at the end of the day, I'm a diehard fan of this team. And before you go and before you plug all your stuff and what you got coming... What was going on with you and Washington football Twitter? Because me personally, I can tell you, we fight with each other every day. So I can imagine how outsiders <laughs> would feel, would feel like, okay, I want this off my timeline.
0: <laughs> Remember when we push and shove, it's only love. Okay, well, first of all, I think I've sparred with every fan base. Like, even <laughs> like last last year, Carlos Dunlap uh was not being treated great by the Bengals. And the Seahawks ended up swooping in and trading him. But I thought it was a great trade. Like, I think John Schneider the best GM in football. And sure. I knew what they needed. And I, I felt like the Bengals weren't handling all their veteran stuff great. And I was excited on Twitter that the Seahawks made that trade. And all of a sudden, man, I had, like, the whole Bengal Twitter on me. And I was I just remember going, like, Wait, Bengal fans? Like this is cute. Like you guys actually, like I you're, you're coming up me now, like this Y'all might have be fans? the last of the, of the 32. So, you know, listen, some I, I have 32 babies, I love them equally. Some give me more trouble than others. Um, you know, I would say my Browns experiences in recent years, i have very close friends with Hugh Jackson. I also grew up with Steve Kerr. Um, and grew up a Warrior fan, but in LA. So I had a lot of fun with the Warriors. Cavs fans, I don't think we're into that. Uh, my friends, my relationship with Hugh exacerbated things. And so I would say Browns fans have particularly been rough. Patriot fans, you know, with the scandals and th- there have oh, been man. some stuff. Raider fans, <laughs> are crazy because like I lived in Oakland for years. I love Oakland. I, I, you know, love the A's love the warriors, but Raider fans, I think if you half of them think I'm the worst thing that's ever come to journalism, like Al Davis <laughs> used to ban me and they, there are whole threads devoted to how I'm a Raider hater. And then there's other people who are like, Oh, he's so pro Raiders. So that one's weird. Um, I grew up a 49er fan. Um, Obviously, once I started covering them, and then the league, that went away. But um, 49er fans have definitely turned on me before. Even Cal fans, which is I literally am a Cal alum and fan. I've been turned on by Cal fans before, which is funny. But um, I would say that the Washington thing hasn't been uh, particularly worse than a lot of others. <laughs> Give um, it some time. Give it some time. Well, well, listen. I did. I did. Uh, I did do like a clemency thing when. When I took the job, we had some fun. And I said, anyone I blocked who identifies as a Washington fan (laughs) and and says, hey, I'm a Washington fan. Hug it out. Block me. I can get word to me. I will unblock. And listen, if you get blocked a second time and I have, you know, I'm not one of those people who blocks because we sparred or you didn't like what I said. I mean, blatant disrespect, anything racist or bigoted or this is a biggie questioning my journalistic integrity. In other words, I don't like what you said. I disagree with you. It's totally cool. But you made that up. Or Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Um, I mean, I got into journalism because of, you know, let's be honest. Let's bring it back to Washington. The reason I became a journalist was because of seeing, you know, Watergate and the Pentagon Papers and stuff that the Washington Post, the greatest newspaper in American history, did in the 70s to help our world and expose uh lies and so uh yeah i take journalism really really seriously so yeah i i um i i listen every team i've had to um report things that people don't you know wish hadn't been reported that's just journalism and then as, an, as a columnist and an analyst and who gives his opinions a lot of times my opinions have been unpopular and dude let's face it there have been fewer places in the NFL that were as dysfunctional in recent years. I mean, when <laughs> you when you hire a brilliant talent evaluator, Scott McLuhan, who has a history with alcohol that he talks about in a story before you hire him for a major website, and in the story he's having beers with the writer. So it's not a mystery. <laughs> and then you decide you want to uh, fire him during the combine. And it's because you, His think, grandma's he's, funeral or something. you <laughs> think he's drinking, but then in response to that, you hammer out an extension for your coach at prime 47, which is a steakhouse, but it's essentially a bar during the combine. And I know, cause I was there like yeah, I always hang have. Out. And in Prime 47, you have the team president and the head coach hammering and the owner hammering out an extension while you're <laughs> to consolidate power while you're getting rid of the GM because he drinks, then you are dysfunctional. <laughs> Don't blame that one on me.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that, honestly. And that's exactly why I wanted you on the show, because I know you were gonna you were gonna tell shit how it is. And at the end of the day, like you're just gonna speak your mind and Thank you for coming up because we have a lot of content creators in this fan community that we have here. The fact that you came on with mine first, I appreciate it. I was probably the first one to send a message over to Sean. As soon as you signed the deal, plug whatever you need to plug. And I appreciate it,
0: man. Well, I'll tell you what, I heard you were special. So, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I just decided, I just went with my instincts. So I, yeah, I'm usually, my instincts are pretty good. I feel like, so, uh, Thank you for having me on. Um, I do have a podcast that I do with my daughter, Natalie. It's called Pass It Down. It's available on all major platforms. We did have Ron and Stephanie Rivera on shortly after Mm -hmm. the announcement. And, uh, you know, we will certainly be keeping a close eye uh, on Washington. So uh, anyone who gets a chance to check out Pass It Down. And uh, I'm going to have some announcements coming in the very near future. So I can't quite plug everything yet, but... uh, You know, if you if you are following me on Twitter, because I unblocked you, or just because I haven't blocked you yet, or because you can put up with it at Mike Silver, or if you just you know figure you know see announcements as they happen, keep an eye because uh, I got some stuff popping, and I will. uh, I will be unrolling it, uh, hopefully, in in the near future.
1: Okay, that sounds juicy, man. My man Mike's going to release the name soon. No, I'm just kidding. But that's <laughs> that's going to do for today's episode of Rambling About Washington. Follow me on all platforms at Rio underscore Robinson 91. Until next time, hail to the nameless football team. Deuces. <laughs>